is Nick Briggs, and you're listening to Traveling the Vortex. <laughs> Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed at... You know what? Actually, I would like to raise a glass and of our Dalek juice to toast episode number 178. Clink. Clink. I'm Keith. Clink. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. I clinked. <laughs> are we having a jubilee now? We are now having a jubilee. Yay. How are you guys? Very I'm good. ready to shoot fireworks at my fingers. <laughs> Can you do that? Yeah. Can everybody? No, I want to see. It's not like it. it's a special mutant power. I want to see it. <laughs> Do it. You don't look like an Asian girl. That's why I always go jazz hands. <laughs> you guys do anything fun in the I past did. week? It's been an actual week since yeah, we recorded. Week. No delays this time. Not like a week and a half followed by three days. Off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll start. Um, you mowed the lawn. We yeah, we <laughs> actually didn't do it. Uh, did we do conquest since we did do conquest? Right, we did that conquest was on Tuesday. Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. And your thoughts? Better than uh, I, I, better than I remember. You guys it's it's it. one I of, watched it. You have. Yeah. Yeah. It's Not one on of those. Tuesday. It's one of those ones that I I always forget between that and battle which is which and i don't know why because it's, it's a natural sequence though well yeah and so the names when, are confusing i think that's it when it this feels started more like a conquest in battle yeah, yeah i would agree and so when it started I, it all started kind of rolling back to me and i was like okay no that i don't hate this one it's not one of my favorites but i don't i don't it's not one of my it's not one that I just... Uh, not it's very hard good, to have fun watching it because it's I, so uncomfortable and so <laughs> down. I actually like this one better, though, than Escape, now that I remember. I, have, I, 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 think Con- I think Conquest is a better story. Yes, yes. But I have more fun watching Escape until the end. Yeah. Escape is cool in the sense that it's that pentacle, you, the realization that, that the time loop has begun. And it's fun seeing the apes in the 70s. See, I, that, that to me is <laughs> just out kind of... Water. of, kind of, kind of fun. I love 70s apes. That's, to me, that's just kind of there. I mean, I don't hate it, but it's just kind of there. The the silly montage thing, it still always bothered me, but... <laughs> um, this best. one... you got to have a montage! This one is <laughs> one of the ones, so though, and, I, and I'll go back to this, because I think I said this a few weeks, weeks ago, is Conquest and Battle have always looked like TV movies to me, for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know if it's how it's shot. I can tell you why. I don't know if it's because of the film stock it's shot on. Although, ironically... I don't know if it's the pacing of the story. I'm not sure. Well, this one did have the second lowest budget. No, I think it had the actual lowest. This is what I, I tweeted. You said, yeah, you said Tuesday night that it was Because Battle actually budget. has like $1,000 more. And it, and it, it, it shows... <laughs> It shows, which but, is a shame but, because but it's not, such a bigger scale story that they're trying to do. Exactly, that's why it shows. Because while they, I thought they did a fantastic job with a low budget, 
it still looks low budget because it doesn't have a lot of the things you expect from a big budget film, which yeah. is what this is supposed to feel like, well, especially after coming off the first three. Well, I, and I, I can excuse some of the masks because there are some in yeah. beneath. But that, there's a lot of masks in this one, well, so I can more, almost explain. I can almost excuse those. Yeah, I can well. totally excuse that. What I told Mel is that I, I and I, I've always had this, this very strange affinity for these sci-fi movies that are all shot within one location that's meant to look like oh the futuristic city center and it's like the hotel lobby (laughs) courtyard you know it's like oh hey look there's that bridge again oh hey look there's those steps again and i mean they they made good use of you know what they had but it is a lot of reuse but it's a lot of reuse and i think that's one of the big things that leads to it feeling like it's a tv movie because it's so despite the fact that we have this whole city it's a very claustrophobic you've got three interiors really you've got ape control you've got the 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 command center and then you've got whatever warehouse caesar's hiding out in and that's pretty much it the rest of it's take place in that courtyard did you watch the uh, extended extra violent That's what cut? I, was ask. Uh, I just went to the end to see how the end was different. Well, I the beginning's the in t- oh, different too. You know, I I started it because you said that, and there's not a lot of difference. Well, there's, there's a whole there's scene. A, what was, what was, was new then? Maybe I didn't go. The, maybe I didn't go far enough. In it. Be, there should have started the film. I think. I think they filmed it, and it was of this ape getting beaten, and you seeing how bad a condition they're in before it goes to the credits. Should have been there. No. Remember that. No. We, we, we watched Maybe the extended. they didn't film that. Did we you watch both? I didn't just, watch the theatrical. I watched, watched the, the extended, and it was just, it opened with them. Um, Trumbling yeah. out. Trumbling it was almost shot for shot the same. I wondered unshot. if maybe I wondered if maybe there was a, a extra little scene in there, but nothing that was noticeable. Okay, That's why I say maybe I, I'm wrong. I watched the beginning of it and then I fast forward to the end to see how it originally. And quite honestly, I figured from what I remember, the th- I probably do need to go back and rewatch the theatrical. But from what I remember of the theatrical, the only thing that I could tell was that the, the the end violence. There was yeah, a little bit more, a bit more violent up in the well. Ramped up fake blood, but well, yeah. but still done in such a way that I was. But there kind still of wasn't even a lot it. of blood. It was just a lot more of. How much of the, did yeah. you just watch the final speech, or did I you watch the, the like from the entire uprising? No, because no, from no. the entire I from like from once they get and I start halfway beyond no. the uprising to the. So if you took, if you took the actual uprising, okay, and you took the end of the movie, I was about halfway between those. Okay, there was some more. At, I figured there was. Yeah, there. I figured there. it was about the same st- uh, style and amount. Okay, Mel thinks so the governor Richard got off about. early or easy. Well, not in the unrated. In the unrated, he, <laughs> he, he, he dies. Well, I, I, I told him. That's, like, that's how he got off easy. In the original, let's keep in mind he was beaten to death by gorillas. But she was like, "Nah." Sure. Yeah, but he lives in the theatrical version. Does so he live in the theatrical? Yeah. So you guys, you guys do need to go back and rewatch the theatrical ending. At least the ending will set up more for. Battle than this one than the original ending yeah. does because they they tweak things at all. they tweak things enough that I don't I don't know going into battle if watching it from the original ending without seeing the theatrical would put you in the right mindset. Yeah, it probably wouldn't because they obviously did that they did they did battle after they had recut the yeah. end of it and so they knew what they after, had to go that so. way. Yeah, huh. it ends on a bit more uplifting of a note. A little bit, <laughs> as much as you can from that. And they let him live. But unfortunately, knowing that they reshot the ending, because I, I didn't know ahead of, I mean, I knew ahead of Tuesday, but I didn't know la- the, you know, back when I had been watching it oh, before. Yeah. Um, knowing though that they had recut the ending, uh, it, there's a lot of that ending speech that's not 
you, they don't show Cornelius. Oh yeah, you it's hear a, lot a lot of, of it in a lot of reactionary <laughs> shots. Dubbed, they dubbed so it all you can tell they dubbed it yeah. in. They didn't actually reshoot it. Yeah. They re-edited it with some new dialogue. Yeah, they did. It's but I didn't find anything as noticeable in it like ever since I learned that the Tuscan Raider and Attack of the Hope uh, or of New Hope only went down once or did this once tilted it once and then they rocked it mm-hmm. in editing now I cannot unsee that yeah well but there, there wasn't anything like that in that uh, it's conquest. it still ends on a gruesome note despite the fact that the, the they changed the speech slightly it still uh, it ends on that Ugh. it's it, a very it, ominous it give, the, I mean it's, it's meant really to end in such a way that we we're not necessarily setting up for for, for battle. We're, we're setting, setting up, up for, for planet of the events Apes. that are coming. Yeah, we, we know that this is, planet, is yeah. where this is yeah. going. So it, it, it's meant to be that. Uh, far you you flung, still probably could, but you but, just wouldn't see the hope that's in Caesar in battle without seeing the altered speech. In I fact, know that and, I saw a lot of hope in Caesar well, in this one. They, we, no, it's the speech that yeah, you, kind you of, don't in the, in the one you watch. Now, here's the other thing too: is back in the day. They commissioned sequels as the returns came in, yeah. which they still sort of do. But nowadays, they, get they, they plan out, especially if you're six into a fran- or a five into uh, a franchise. Four into a franchise, you probably already know you're going to do another one. Nowadays, back then, that could have been the end, and I think that's why it, it's yeah, supposed to end that, the way that they yeah. did it. Yeah. So you really liked it, Mel. Not as much as the others. Yeah, not as much as the others. We, we didn't introduce Mel. Mel is here this week. Say hi, Mel. Hi, Mel. Yeah, You're going to have to lean up to the mic. I'd have brought an extra mic if I didn't know you were coming. I, I got Monday off. Of course I'm going to be here. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, I didn't like it as well as the others. It was, like Keith said earlier, really down and just, yeah. You were pretty riveted to it. It's a riveting film. Up up, up until the mindless ape violence started at the end, and then it was kind of like... It makes you mad because you look at it, you're like, why wouldn't you understand why they're pissed off? Of course they're revolting, you dumbass. Look at what they're doing. Yeah, so... As as Brittany said, she and me uh, always sympathize more with the apes than the humans. Well, it's very much like uh, if you've not seen the Animatrix. There's that great two-parter that kind of goes back and explains... How the machine uprising happened. Oh yeah, and you know, watching the Matrix, it's all like, "Go humans, boo machines," and then you watch how it all went down, and you're like, "Wow, we really kind of suck." <laughs> and so, no they Planet of the Apes, it's like very much, "Yay humans, boo apes," and then as you get further into this, you're like, "Nah, we had it coming." <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I expect uh, Don to have a similar tone to Conquest. Yeah, I think Don's going to be very, very yeah. similar to Conquest with how. But, but I think it's not. There's not going to be a lot of story driven from it because I think they took elements from Conquest to make Rise more than anything else just so, tone wise it'll carry quite over quite frankly the other thing that I had problems with this is it, the story feels very rushed very very rushed yeah very they could have rushed they did kind of <laughs> cut down the story to get the action in well and as good as Roddy McDowell is he doesn't he doesn't speak much in this one no, it's He's really into, though. No, it's very much, and that also shows acting. how good of an actor he was that so he didn't too. have to speak, and you could see everything through the makeup. And one thing I told Sean is, and that you don't see in a lot of movies today, is that a lot of the scenes that you could, there was no music, just a picture, and to me myself, lend credit to the film because you could see how much. It made it even more unsettling yeah, without music because that's what it was like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No music. <laughs> 
much better. There were a lot of scenes where they didn't feel the need to put a boom, 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 yeah. boom, you know, underlying score there. It was just night, and here's that bridge, and somebody running across yeah. it, you know, and it was just the footsteps echoing and that kind of stuff, which I thought was cool. So you're, you you would rank them probably what? You'd probably put Escape as your favorite, and Beneath the Planet of the Apes is your least in, in this group? Or, or, the or is book, Conquest what? Below Beneath? No. I like Conquest better than, you know... Better than yeah, that one, the first one, right? Second one. Like the second one, yeah. The great sets. I'm the only one. You're still the only one that likes beneath. So it would go three, one, four, two. Probably. Hmm. And then probably five. <laughs> five <laughs> is always at the bottom of everyone's list. Gonna come, we're all going to come in on the. It's still same not as page on five. that. One. I can't say it's not as bad as I remember because I didn't remember it. <laughs> I don't know. I might, I might flip one and three. But I mean, one's oh, a better, one, one, I think one's is a better the, movie is the pinnacle yeah. of the franchise. But I have so much fun watching three. Yeah, I would agree. It's like Jurassic Park. I love Jurassic Park. See, it's not a great movie. But mine's <laughs> two, one, four, three, five. Hmm. Now that I remember which one five is, <laughs> <laughs> because there's only one left. Although. Yes. I did, as somewhere in that time frame of watching these movies, did see several episodes of the TV series. I, I, I may get I've some of See, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I've watched too. some of the animated. Which see, is I haven't watched any of the animated. I'm wondering if I'm confusing a good chunk of the TV series with five. because It's five. possible. Yeah. Four uh, and five are the ones The first couple of episodes on. of the TV series is very much a retread of the first movie yeah. and, and the second it's movie. Different character. Well, so what I'm finding but not is, much of one. Yeah. These are the, this is the no, first time like I've seen a lot one. of these movies. So I remember seeing the one where they're underground. I've seen that one before. The other ones I've never seen before. Are we going to get mm-hmm. Rise in the Rotation? Before, yeah, that, that's going to be uh, July, early July. Oh, well, okay. Because before dawn, because dawn, dawn is the 18th. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we that's have a couple what, of so weeks. We'll probably do that. We are skipping Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah. If anybody else, watch, if anybody watch else again. wants to go watch yeah. it, that's fine. I, I did it on my last rewatch. rewatch it just for the sake of. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Burton it probably remake. since it's been in the theater. So See, I'm having well, just watched it with my last rewatch, I'm armed with my science index card. Although it would be a fun read along. It would be a fun tweet along. It would, it would be because that would be one that everybody would tear apart. So maybe we could do that after <clears throat> dawn. Yeah, because it doesn't fit. In it doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and really, the this new movies don't really fit in. No, but, they, but we're doing them in order. But so yeah. we could do rise before yes. dawn and and give yeah, everyone the knowledge that's necessary. Um, and what then on Wednesday night, I know, it was almost actually it was a little late because I run late. We did uh, the Wolverine, and I want to thank again. Uh, Rachel, no, not Rachel, I'm sorry, um, Brittany and Michelle, who were the only two, I believe, that made it through all six of the tweet-alongs. They were there for every one, well, besides me, was there for every one of them. So, um, but we watched The Rule Rain, um, which I still think is a fine movie, and the ending is a little left, less to be desired, but I, 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 I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, then that led up to, I think, did I do anything yesterday? No, yesterday was just hanging out with the kids and doing fun things. And then today I went and saw X-Men Days of Future Past. Ooh. Have you guys seen it? Yes. 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 You saw it too. Okay, good. Because that's why I went to see it. Because Spoiler alert. We, uh, <laughs> we... <laughs> 
we were going to get a sitter so that Holly and I both could go, and then our both of our sitters fell through. So Holly said, "Well, just go see it." And I thought, and she hasn't seen first class. And I thought, mm-hmm. okay, I think she still would enjoy this. Then when I saw it, then I was like, I'm kind of glad she hadn't seen it yet because she needs number one, I'll see it again, mm-hmm. and she does need to see first class. So. Definitely needs. You need to borrow first class. Do you I'm have not, it? I've got them all. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I guess you could do a tweet. Just didn't do a tweet along. <laughs> well, you could have rented it from Amazon for the night. The cool thing is, I only bought Wolverine a few weeks back, and it had a eight dollars off the admission. So I saw X Men: Days of Future Past for free. Oh, nice! Yeah, as we like to say, gratis. <laughs> so, um, what'd you guys think? It's good. It was really. It was really good. <laughs> I really. Enjoyed it was it. nothing. Nothing like I expected. Nothing. Even having read the Days of Future Past story arc from the 1980s, 83 I think is when it came out, knowing what they were borrowing from, and I actually was quite surprised because reading that and seeing the trailers, I kept thinking, well, they're really not doing anything other than the time travel thing. But they really did borrow a few more elements and ideas from the comics. So I was really impressed by that. I was really pleased with the characters. Especially by the fact that one of the biggest complaints a lot of people had was that it's Kitty Pride that goes back in the comic book story. And in this one, it's Wolverine. But I love the fact that it was Kitty that's sending back. I wish they would have explained that how her cool. part powers changed. Um, they didn't need to. Here, here's the reason they didn't need to for me. Because there was another... The gal that they introduced, which I think she was a new character at the time in the comic books, they didn't really... They, they really didn't explain too much other than she had a psychic ability like Xavier did. Mm. And that was the catalyst for that. And so my thought in this one is I just kind of excused the fact that Kitty had um, awakened a different, it's another possible. piece of her mutation that we just didn't know about that she was able to do this. So, And it's far enough in the future. Yeah. Yeah. yeah who knows? She could have somehow gotten the ability added to her yeah. to help her fight the war. It, it, would have, it, mean, would, it would have been a nice... Or just have been a dormant... Yeah, either way it works. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. it would have been nice to have had one line drop there yeah. to explain it, but I'm okay with the fact that they didn't. Or one line has, has one line had to re- tell me why X, Professor X is back. <laughs> they didn't say. They were so fantastic. They, they dropped lines about so many different things explaining Except for that. things away. Well, they, 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 they as it that went, and his metal claws in the future. Who's metal claws? Yeah, we don't know how he got his animating back on his claws. Did he actually have them? Did we ever see them in the mm-hmm. future? Yeah, because when he, remember cut, he, when cut, he flipped out and he cut uh, Kitty on the arm? Yeah, they were right. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. But at that point, Tommy really hadn't finished altering, you know, the timeline. At the time he cut her, well, he hadn't finished we're still altering. It doesn't matter because Wolverine, we're still in the future. Yeah. Wolverine is set before yeah. this one. Yeah, because it wouldn't, so. have, it wouldn't have changed anything until they disappeared. Mm-hmm. And it almost makes the scene at the end of the Wolverine kind of be pointless because yeah. it this is set clearly even further down even further than down the, the two months later that they reveal to you at the end of Wol- the Wolverine. So it's like it didn't really even matter other than being this nice nod of a bridge and not necessarily ne- ne- uh, necessitating the bridge. They, the they, they did what I just I kind of assumed that as they went into it and just said, here, and then as it progressed, it was like, wow, you're just completely discounting X3 altogether. They didn't. Think. And you know... I'm okay with that. They didn't, though. And then they showed Gene die. And I was like, oh, you were so close. Because if it didn't happen, if we just don't talk about it, it didn't happen. Everything was <laughs> That's there. That's the way it works, right? Even uh, Origins was there. Yeah. Which, 
was just a quick moment of Origins, but it's almost like we're ignoring everything else from Origins, but we're well, going to take one little piece from it. I think they almost the could have rewritten three. Origins if it weren't for the very end shots. They could have rewritten Origins completely and said it never happened. If that's how Stryker got him, if it, if it was... Do we want to? I don't know how much detail and spoilers we want to get. Do you know what I mean? Spoil away. We already yeah, we flew, we flew the flag. If it wasn't Mystique getting him out of the river, it, they could rewrite it so that's how Stryker gets him and gets a, puts the metal in him and rewrites all. Well, of I get the origins. impression that was the the case, but, but that's Mystique. But before that, I know. But but before that, we they. They were alluding to stuff that had happened in the time stream. Yes. So, yeah, I, oh, yeah. Every, no, no. in my opinion, by, by what happened in this film, everything went away. Not Origins a, went away. Last Stand went away. I get the X2 impression went that away. Everything went away. At least stuck around. Well, I'm not sure because Mystique and Magneto run off at the end, essentially. But we don't know any of the events that happened between there and when Wolverine wakes up in the. In the future again, and everything's back to normal. Well, obviously because enough events have to clearly, happen. Clearly, clearly, Jean didn't there. die in X two. Exactly. Scott didn't but die. But her in hair stand. is very red, like it, it was in. Red. Well, and she may have gone through Phoenix. a she may have gone through a Phoenix episode, but they dealt with it differently. That's what I'm saying. Everything was eradicated, guys. Yeah. They can start over completely now, and ha- and bring all of the original cast from X two back. I mean, it, it's it, they've completely like wiped the slate clean. They can do whatever they want with it, which I think is incredibly cool. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's, Aside a, from the that's, characters how, that's how you Star Trek reboot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really that's is. how you do it and still stay within the same universe. Um, so, again, all of that was wiped up, so it didn't matter. The problem I have with is everything that they're dropping hints to and trying to tie together in this film prior to whatever happens afterwards they were linking back to X-Men. X2. They were explaining things that were coming or had happened before from whichever future past perspective. They were linking things to especially X-Men and X-Men and X2. And even some things in X-Men Last Stand. And even the Wolverine to that matter. But then the uh, X-Men Origins was just one visual reference. There was no... They, it's like that we're not even going to try is what, yeah. it, what it came across as. We're going to make reference to every film we've done except for this one. But, oh, here's a clip that we're going to show in the fast flashback sequence because it works better, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it works better than what we had for X2. Well, and, and that's the... X2. So, so now, this is... We were discussing this the other night. So now, when did the Vietnam War end? 73. It was right after I was born. Okay. That's when we brought the troops home. 73. And, and they, they dealt with that in the movie because we had the Paris Peace Accord. Mm-hmm. In this, so here's the wrinkle: <laughs> is if the Mystique Striker at the end, who fishes Wolverine out, then takes him and goes to put the anime. He's apparently still. See, I don't think that's where she's going with. Him. Well, but because Striker was running around with the mutant squad in Vietnam, that Wolverine was a part of. Was in, it, was in it, well, I was trying to remember when Origins took place. Was, was that part Vietnam? That was yeah, Vietnam. No, it was Vietnam. No, no, they were in. Um, no, he was in many wars. Oh yeah, yeah. He, no, he, no, they, no, no, they no, no, no. Started the, in Vietnam the, and then went to Africa. That wasn't Vietnam. That was. Um, shoot, they say it because they were, they were real specific to set it up. It takes place around the same time as the Vietnam War, but it was not in Vietnam. It was not part of Vietnam Are you War. Sure? Yeah, they were. It was that that. That uh, um, 
I don't want to say gang lord, but it was that drug or not drug lord. It was that gang lord or, or warlord that was was using um, weapons and things like that that they had funneled off from the Vietnamese Vietnamese army. But it was not it had nothing to do with uh, Vietnam. I thought, I thought it was Vietnam. No, it's not Vietnam. Um, I can't remember. Okay, well if it's not Vietnam, then I'm okay with it because the war would have been over, but Laos, the warlord maybe? still would have been there. I think it was in Laos. I think that's where the thing comes up and says... Well, that's Vietnam. 75 is when he was supposedly recruited into Striker's uh, Special Team X. So it would be post... It was post-Vietnam so War, post-Vietnam. yeah. Okay. But, but, okay, then if it was Laos, you're right, that is Vietnam. But it wasn't part of the Vietnam War. It okay. was the weapons and everything that the... That the that they were the clean, the clean up. Warlord okay. had essentially basically ciphered off of all of the, the what had happened and all of that. So, yeah, okay. no, that, was, the, that was unrelated. That, that was unrelated, yeah. That works then. But yeah, I, I really, really thought they were going to just kind of go, we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. And we're, we're just we're ignoring doing... it all together. And then they gave us that one piece, and it's like, oh, but now we have to deal with the rest of it. And they decided not to. It's like, we like this part of it. We're going to acknowledge that and not do anything else. And like you said, they've kind of reset the, you know. Yeah, they just reset it everything. altogether. Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, they've rebooted it, so. <laughs> I thought it was real good. I didn't think it was as good as First Class. But I think part of that was going back and not rewatching bad, First Class. It was a much better movie than oh, First Class. It, it was a much better X Men film. It felt most more like X Men. I'll, I'll give you that because First Class really is a, a, a spy thriller yeah. with mutants. I mean, it's 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 a Cold War spy thriller with mutants. This was a. But this one's more of an X Men. This movie, was a uh, X Men movie with political intrigue. Is really yeah. what this one was. Oh, I mean, it's, it's in the same vein as uh, First Class. I like part of what I like, better, the, but I thought this one was really good. Oh, what I like about wrong. this one is <laughs> this, this one ties with X two for me as far as X Men films. This is that good. This does an X Men film without making the focus all on Wolverine, um, which is nice. And what I even like, even though he still is. Well, that's <laughs> no, just he, it. He's important, but his he's, focus is not he's, on him. Yeah, he, but they balance the film. The really film is so well. perfectly yeah. balanced throughout the entire thing. I mean, except that. Eric and Charles are the kind of the peaks of it, yeah. and that's to be expected considering mm-hmm. this, the time frame. The rest, everybody else is very balanced. I was surprised at how little Mystique was in the movie. The, the weirdest thing about the whole thing is the battle, the really big battle. I'm not talking about what's happened in the future. The really big battle, there's only three X-Men. Yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's Hank, Wolverine, and Professor X. And then you've got the two bad guys. you got Mystique and, and yeah. uh, Magneto. I was nobody really, else. <laughs> really pleased. I was kind of sad at how many first class members they killed. Oh yeah, like the entire everybody. Of <laughs> yeah, you know, we were talking well, about that. except yeah, for except for Havoc because they had yeah, to keep Havoc him alive right. to get uh, Scott around. Yeah, <laughs> since they already established he's dad. They did establish he was dead. I've sure never seen that. It's the last same last name. Well, so either dad or uncle. In the books, they were always brothers. Yeah. And I assumed he was just an older brother, much older brother. I thought he was in the books. I thought he was dead. No, in the comic books, they were brothers. Yeah. And Havoc has always been an older brother to Scott. But my impression... This would have to be Because, older, well, I think probably by at least 15, 20 years. But that's feasible in the time stream that's set up. I, I, I this, guess they didn't have an established... I, I just I assume they were... They, I, I, father and yeah, son. Yeah, I automatically... They established... He's way too young to be his father, though. Because by the time X-Men comes around, let's say that it's real time yeah, but look in at, 2000, Scott's probably look at nearing and, 30. Uh, what's his face? They kind of hints that... Yeah, but he Eric, actually is. And, Eric, but Eric's. But well, you got Eric the impression that, that you got the impression that Quicksilver was still a teenager. He was living at home with mom. Yeah, uh, eighteen. Let's uh, say seventeen, eighteen. I mean, the last film was ten years ago. Yeah, in in timeline, and he she, he could have had relations with her mom because 
he was born in the 40s, so the, by the time the 60s came around, or not born in the 40s, he was, I'm sorry, he was born before the the war, so by the time that this movie came around, he was probably in his 40s. So. Okay, so how old did you say Scott was in the first film? I think Scott was, in the first film, was probably nearing 30 or maybe even older, maybe 33, 34. Probably go mid-20s. And keep, keep in mind, though, too, that the first film, even if you go with designated movie release date timeline, which is, it came, out, it came out in 2000, right. but the first thing that shows up in the film is the not-too-distant future, because it, it does comment that it's not present day, right. it's a little further right. off, so we've got some fudge room yeah. there, too. No, I, I, so, I, mean, it's I think it's, a, I think, it's, I think uh, Havoc is an older brother. Okay. It could go either way. Speaking of Quicksilver, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those scenes were neat. It's I expected a little for, uh, more Quicksilver to them. too. But yeah, I agree. I'm I like really curious. Oh well, now here's the no. It, while the Quicksilver scenes were incredible, and Quicksilver was really cool for this film, that's not the Marvel Comics Quicksilver at all. Oh, so I expect Joss to take the more comics version of him, even though <laughs> he won't get to be able to say that Magneto was his dad, but or, <laughs> just or even say that he's around a, that a mutant. But they can't see how they can't say he's mutant either. My favorite part of that movie was the Quicksilver bit. That yeah, was, that was that was, neat. That was yeah. Jim Croce comes on. It was really <laughs> that was so well visualized and so cool and everything. Um, I love that they. I was really That's worried. When, I, I wonder if they will visualize it as well. Oh, I see. not characterization, yeah. visualization. Oh, yeah. I was really worried seeing just the trailers when the Sentinels would show up, and it's like that's not a Sentinel. That's just not. I, I'm sorry. You mean the future version or the? Yeah, well, that was just it. The, the, the only past ones, ones we, were closer. The only ones that we got in the Much trailers closer. I was very were the future versions. And I, I'm I'm a kid of the '90s. I got to have my giant purple robot. That's what they're. That's one thing I think X3 did right is the danger room sequence when the head flies off and rolls mm-hmm. to a stop from the camera. It's like that's a Sentinel baby. Mm-hmm. And so when these things showed up in the trailer, I was like, uh, they're going to look like these computer generated. But then they explained it, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I, I'm totally. And then when the when the real robots showed up at the end, of and the they past, looked very sentinel, and looked very yeah. sentinel, I was like, okay, see, I, I had seen them in other trailers, so I know. Oh, they see, I hadn't seen those yet, but yeah, I was like, that that was awesome. I, um, I, there were so many little things that they did right that I just was very, very, very pleased with. I was, I told Mel I was really surprised. This is, I think, kind of one of the credits when you get a really good director that everybody likes. When you get Brian Singer back in that you could get so many of these people to come back for very small roles. Yeah. Almost Especially not the, speaking the very parts. You surprising know, in cameo. Quite, yeah. <laughs> quite frankly, uh, well, they had, did you say they had to give her a higher billing, though? Well, no, not that one. You're not talking about Anna Paquin? No, Anna Paquin actually had a bigger role in the film and they had to cut, oh, it. cut. She was originally not going to be in the movie at all, and then they added that one scene back in. Uh. So that's why she got a higher billing. Oh, I didn't realize. But that. it made sense that she wasn't in the film because at the end of X three, she gave up her powers. Oh yeah, yeah. So she wouldn't be there in the future. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So I don't know how they would have had I, I her in the, the movie. More. I think the reason why <laughs> they were able to get as many people back to do this is because there was very little commitment that they had to do. Oh, that they, there was, was just small. There was probably a week or two. Of, of Kelsey filming. Grammer had to show up and get the blue face paint on and the whole bit. I mean, that looked like. Beast, though, from the... I mean, it was better than the young beast we get. I think the, the beast's I'm match a little better. beast. But, yeah. Young the, Hank uh, doesn't look right as Beast. But, but he didn't He didn't quite... I don't know. There was just something different about older Hank. No, there it was wasn't something... As they, they, there was they, something they had actually wanted him to come back for a bigger <laughs> role in the future time, and Kelsey Grammer had other commitments, mm-hmm. so he couldn't... Was he filming the Expendables 3? <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. No, that, Transformers. 
Oh, God, really? Because he's doing a voice for Transformers, so that kept him from filming? I, oh. I don't know. <laughs> I think he's a voice, be, isn't he? Might be studio commitment. Doing a voice in, in a Transformers movie is almost excusable. You know. maybe, no, maybe he's actually in it. Because John Goodman's doing the voice, now that I'm thinking about it. Goodman's definitely doing a voice. I remember hearing that. It might be studio things, too. You yeah, might sure. only be able to commit to something yeah. for so much. So. But yeah, just, I mean, you've got Halle Berry, Academy Award winning Halle Berry, and she had like Barely like in two it. lines and died. Yeah. <laughs> and then came back. For well, it. the other thing is, how many of these people will they get for X-Men Apocalypse, too? They'll probably bring a lot of them back with the promise that this that'll be set in the future, so they'll have a lot more. Actually, I think I remember guys. reading somewhere that they talked about doing Age of Apocalypse, and it was going to be set in the 80s, yeah. so they were going to recast Cyclops and Storm. Oh, Somebody uh, somebody mentioned if you're going to recast Storm, the uh, um, the chick that just won the Academy Award for Supporting Actress this year, Lupita, yeah, yeah, yeah. that she'd be a really good Storm. Especially she's set in the '80s with the blue mohawk. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the, here, that. That's my other thing about this is I was so excited when I read they were doing Days of Future Past and they were going to do Apocalypse, and I thought, oh, cool. That's really neat. I like. I'm totally excited. Now that I've seen Dave's The Future Past, it almost feels like a bookend for me, and it's almost especially the way that it ends. Yeah, it was such an emotional impact at the end that I was like, they could be done now. I'm. I'm they've just kind of fixed it for me. You know, they've, everything's everything's been wrapped up in a nice little neat bow. Everything's happy. They still left some dangling plot threads. At least we know why. Xavier was walking around after being shot in, yeah. in first class, which I think was one of your biggest concerns. Yeah. Um, but it was just... They, it doesn't they, explain they how he walked into Origins. They kind of wrapped up everything in a nice little bowl. alive in the end of the... <laughs> well, that was it. That, that's the thing that bothers me the most, is that they didn't... I mean, other than we got that throwaway at the end of Last Stand, when he... When, or a Taggart, although McTaggart isn't... A lot of people argue that it's not her now. But the, she's there, and know, then like, you hear uh, the voice. Yeah, they must British. feel that that's enough... To realize that that's how he came back. It's, I just I, I I missed that. I wanted that answered, and that was really the well, only thing. Like I said, if, they've if, had to cut a lot out of this film, so that might have been something they had to cut. If, if, if you discount X3 altogether, okay, it works. <laughs> but you can't discount X3 until the end. But that's just it. You, you, you can't. If you're going to give me a piece of X3 and say we're going to count it up to this, you can't give me a point after Professor X has been vaporized. You, 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 can't, you can't discount X3 because if, if you discount X3, you have to discount um, Origins. Not necessarily. I would, no, no, I'm throwing that out. Oh, no, the, the Wolverine. <laughs> the Wolverine. Sorry, but I, I guess she had already died by then, too. So she died. But a lot of his motivation too. for. Well, that's true. Him and the the Wolverine. I mean, granted, the Wolverine. Yeah, no, that's true. So, yeah, you would have to throw out X3 and. Happen just in a different way. Yeah, you'd have they to, would come to the mansion to find him instead you know, of the You're absolutely the right. I think you'd have to cut out the Wolverine as well yeah. if you if you did away with uh, Last Stand. I th- I'm not I'm not fighting for that. Wolverine I, wasn't that great. I actually don't I mind Wolverine. Last Stand. I thought Stand, that was a good but... movie until the end. <laughs> well, in the end, it's not even horrible. It's just I have an idea of it, how it the Silver going... Samurai story plays out in the comics. And I even a lot of people complain that the, the the Wolverine didn't have the Japanese feel that the comic books did, but I thought they did a nice job framing it in a two hour movie. I thought they did a fine it was job. A lot better than Origins. It's just the problem is that the the Silver Samurai stuff is a lot different in the comic books, and so I just I had that okay. I'm going to accept that it's kind of this giant robot thing that somebody gets in and runs, and it's not really a anyway. I so. had big problems with it until the big reveal. 
in the Wolverine. Oh, see, I it felt that's like they where I, the whole plot line, and I was like, oh. Oh, at least they're going to try. Right. Well, that's, what it, that, that, that's when I got relieved with the, the way they went with yeah. it is when they did the reveal. And I said, okay, then I'm okay. Oh, at least you're going to. Oh, okay but we're going to go with that. Uh, yeah, mm, at least right, it's something. Yeah. But it does feel better, like better than, than you gave me yeah, an origin. Yeah. Better than not talking I'll about it. I'll tell you, it does feel like they go way off base. It does. It's like they go way off track. But then that brings it all right back. And so that worked for me. And that's why for, I'm very, very forgiving of the ending. But just... That little piece in there, well, it's a good little action sequence and action piece of an action film. It's just took me a while to accept all that. Did um, did you think Hugh Jackman looked inordinately huge? Yes, he does. But you know, I mean, what? he looked great. This is but the at first. The time, it was like, this oh. is the first time. No, well, I think he was getting there in the Wolverine, but this is the first time that he felt like Logan from the comic books to me. This is the first time that he really felt like Logan in the comic books. And I would really appreciate that. More more of the bub, more of the flippant, more of the just the way he carried the cigar, just all of that, the way he looked, that he was beefed up, the hair was right this time. Oh, the hair looked really it good just, this time. Yeah. It, he really felt like Logan from the comic books, and so I was very pleased with that. So The bone claws still looked bad, I think. You think so? These are creepy. I think they looked fine. Yeah. They didn't look I mean, as bad before he gets the adamantium. So. They, they, they didn't look as bad. Well, Mel brought up an interesting point too. It's like, okay, if you're going to nitpick, how is it they inject you with adamantium and your bone claws are these long? I mean, they look like looking jointed bones. But then all of a sudden, when you pour the adamantium in, it molds itself into this nice slice knife. Why isn't it a big with a point on the? I always, I am always. They mold it. I always idealized it that the, when he, they first inject it and he wakes up, the first thing he does is the schnick. And so what it does is it smoothed out as it came out. <laughs> it just smoothed everything off because the anime still hadn't completely set. Okay, so I'll buy that. As buy it that. came <laughs> out, it came out of one slit like this, so it just kind of smoothed the anime I'll buy call, that for 50 cents. <laughs> I've just never been a fan of the bone I won't even give you a dollar, but I'll give you 50 cents. But the bone, bone claws, I was fine with them. I thought they looked great. Um, so much good in this movie. Yeah, yeah. there really was. So much I, w- yeah, I really want to see it again. The relationship between Charles and Xavier is it, it just yet another in a between long all line the characters. of man. Or Charles and Xavier between uh, Xavier and Magneto. Magneto's the bad guy. I get it, but he really can't it, argue with his argument. The, <laughs> he truly hasn't been the bad guy until the since the first one. I feel. Like he was more a bad guy in that one than anything else. Yeah, because he he kind of had a plot in this one, but it was kind of felt like last minute and thrown together yeah. at the very end. Yeah. It wasn't like he had this giant plot from the get go. Like well, he, but he had to in, throw it in together. The first he kind of improvised. Why else would you take a ball stadium and put it around the White House for no new reason? <laughs> oh, I thought it was a great idea. You, can lie. you know what? If you're going to keep like, people uh, out and make this battle your own, yeah, yeah. that's the way you do it. Make a big giant ring up. I couldn't figure out what he's going to do with it. He's, <laughs> he goes and he picks this thing up, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And then he's going across the sky with it, and he's already, you know, had the sentinels activated, and they're going. And I'm still thinking, "What do you need? What do you? Is this like your mothership now, or something? Do you need this?" And then it wasn't until he set it down, and I and realized it was around, yeah. the, and I went, "Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Now you've got a barrier, so people can't get in right away." So. It made sense, but it felt like they needed some giant spectacle in the '70s, and they hadn't done it yet. No, yeah, I guess. Everything was pretty low key, though, as far as <laughs> as far as everything thing. else goes in the '60s, because the Cuban Missile Crisis still was only a localized thing that only a few people, but, well, but, but a few it was hundred still, people there, saw. There was yeah. still a large spectacle at the end of the film. 
Well, is there what is. I'm but what my my point is, it's hard for me to believe that they did something like that that wasn't so. I mean, it, that totally takes it out of our reality. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, more that, so. That, yeah. that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, we, we the yeah. Cuban Missile Crisis at least happened, and I just didn't happen to know that mutants were there. And they didn't make that popular. When, when, when Mystique now, falls out the window at the Peace Accords and is on TV, it's yeah. like, oh, we're going that right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's the same thing. <laughs> all bets are off from this point on, kids. <laughs> oh, new universe. Um. There was one other thing I was going to say about it, but I can't remember what it was. So, oh, the 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 this is the one thing I hate to <laughs> spoil, but the the scene at the end of the credits. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. Somebody's gonna have to fill me in because I don't even oh. know who that person was. That's yeah. um, Apocalypse before in the past. Oh. He was an Egyptian, god, essentially god, because he was a mutant. And then he later, I guess, gathers more abilities to make him look like he does. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had to ask the comic book nerds because it was like, okay, who was it? I don't get it. <laughs> was like or they're going a completely like, different oh, wow. take on Apocalypse. But that's who they're that was supposed to be. They're going to tie in Stargate. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> the Bearman. It will. <laughs> if they do, it will automatically be a better movie than 10,000 BC. <laughs> <laughs> Every movie's going to be better but than 10,000 BC. <laughs> if they had actually gone, oh look, it's Ra's pyramid at the end. It would have been like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. You redeemed the giant turkeys, <laughs> and then it didn't. I was racist. Really it's a name they were chanting. Mm-hmm. Was the same name as his actual name. Okay, I guess I could believe that was Apocalypse then. <laughs> it's not the Apocalypse that I remembered from the comic books, and but... Sabah Noor. I think who it's going to be... Who, who you remember from the Apocalypse and from the comic books is who we're going to see later. This is his, the beginning of his backstory. From the way Patrick... We're talking about the Apocalypse that showed up in like the X-Force comics and X-Factor and... Hmm. Yeah, he's Egyptian. Part of the Four Horsemen. Hence the three. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember all that. I just, yeah. Okay. I mean, clearly they were setting up Age of Apocalypse, or not Age of Apocalypse, Apocalypse, Apocalypse. But I just, that's not. I didn't vision envision Apocalypse looking or doing that. So, I, I, I think that's just the weather of the appetite of what they're going to be doing with Apocalypse. Yeah. I was just pleased Plus that we got a post-credit scene yeah. in an X-Men Plus movie. Plus, it, it, it seemed a little throwaway to me, too. Was well, like, it, there wasn't much there, so I was kind of It like, was for the, the comic book fans of, yeah, that's coming. Yeah, see. Did, have they said when that's coming out? Or? They're working on it now. Are they? From what I understand. It's the next X-Men movie. So. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if they yeah, released The Apocalypse storyline was right around that time that I had kind of fallen off, so I... I I was there for Apocalypse beginning in the comic books, but oh. I don't know where they went with it, so that See, might think, be part of the problem. I think they might be pulling later stuff okay. so, for their inspiration. X-Factor, I think it was around 86 or 87, is where I remember him from first. I remember some X-Force stuff with him, and then after that, I just kind of, I had kind of fallen off. So uh, The other thing I did this weekend, <laughs> if we're done with X-Men... <laughs> Is I saw Muppets Most Wanted. How was it? How was it? It's an enjoyable film. It's not anywhere near as good as the Muppets, um, but it's fun. It it has a lot of great lines and gimmicks in it. Overall, the story was just kind of there. Um, How much it's was really, it? 
great Muppet game. Well, that's just it. Is it? It's the same tone and feel, but it's not. I mean, it's it's very it's it's as different as the Muppets was from the Muppet movie, but still felt like the same tone and feel. Okay, it's the same. They've done the same thing. Is they've you? But then again, Great Muppet Kipper has never been one of my favorites. Yeah, that's kind of. And so they went there with that, and kind of again, still kind of the same tone and feel. Um, without copying Great Muppet Caper altogether. But there are a lot of one-liners and throwaways. And the, the film starts out with this um, wonderful opening number about doing a sequel. And they immediately say right there, well, we must be successful enough that we've got... that the, the studio thinks we can do it again, but everybody knows the, se- the sequel's never as good. <laughs> and it's funny because they've always had this kind of thing where... It, the Muppets and then the uh, Muppets Most Wanted is, is a sequel, and they say they're talking about well, we get to do a second movie, we get to, and they're singing about it. And at one point, Be- or uh, Buns and Honeydew goes, "Well, actually, this is the seventh sequel for <laughs> the Muppets movies, or for the Muppets movies." And I thought, way to go for acknowledging that, because it's so almost like Disney to say, "Well, we just kind of rebooted the Muppet universe," but they didn't. And, and, and I love that that Bunsen says, even we're saying, "This is the second movie. This is the second movie. This is the second movie." And Bunsen says, "No, actually, this is the seventh sequel we've done." That's the way he's a longtime fan. So they nice. did that. That's just it. They really they and there were a lot of other little nods back and the Muppet Ladder from Great Muppet Caper is in there and done. Really, really well, and alluded to really well as well. Um, but it, it just, I, I thought it, all the performances were great. I thoroughly enjoyed Ricky Gervais. Um, Tina Fey, she was good. I mean, I expected more from Tina Fey. Ty Burrell was good. I really liked the interaction between him and Sam the Eagle. They had kind of a thing going. Um, overall, I, I would recommend seeing it, but don't expect what, the magic we got from the Muppets. So. I can tell that from the trailers. I'm, I'm now that it's at the cheap theater. That'll be one theater. that I own. The other problem with it, yes, we saw it at the cheap theater. The only other problem with it is the the musical numbers are nowhere as memorable, uh, and that's the problem because I wanted another soundtrack. All over again. <laughs> I wanted another soundtrack that I could you know enjoy as much as I did the Muppets, and it's not there. It's, the music was just kind of halfway there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the record, uh, X Men Apocalypse was what IMDb IMDb is calling it, and it's. This says May 27th, 2016. Yeah, that's what I drew. They're also working on an X-Force film. Well, I had read that. For 2016 film. also, starring, at this point, Stephen Lang as Cable. Oh, who's the guy with the M scar? Bishop. 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 And his ability is... He he, he absorbs the pa- uh, powers. Energy not or energies, energy. Yeah. I kind of think he was something like forces that. forces it outwards. Okay. It's kind of like a con- uh, conduit. It's a bit of a... He's a bit of a havoc, but he's it's different. He well, it's, it's different. almost more like Sebastian Shaw. The way they reimagined yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was asking me who this guy was, and it was like, uh, you know, I he was in that one graphic novel that I read. I didn't get him. I never him and the other the guy M until watching this movie. Well, here's the other thing: is they melded, or did the, they change the? M? Well, they melded the the Days of Future Past and the Bishop storyline, and I felt Bishop was almost. They they kind of tried to push those stories together, and the bishop thing was always more mysterious. Bishop in the comic books had come back because he's a time traveler to, in the comics, to right? To warn, or actually, he was coming back to destroy the X Men initially, because he what there's something that they do that triggers an event in the future that he's trying to prevent, right? And so he's sent back to do that, and so I was a little dismayed that they kind of did that with the bishop storyline. 
kind of pushed it together and made him fight, even though he did eventually fight along with the X-Men because he was sent back. Actually, it was not to kill the X-Men. It was to kill one person that was a mystery for a long time um, mm. because of what they do uh, that destroys the X-Men. That's what it was. And he sent back to, to kill that one person, and they, they, they don't really allude to it because he can't re- reveal much about what's happening in the future. Right. But they kind of pushed all that together, and I felt like Bishop was a little under underplayed, but... Whatever. At least it was nice that there was him that they sent back mm-hmm. to warn themselves. Right. That's right. none. And yay, Blink. Oh, she was awesome. The realization of her powers was really cool. Mm-hmm. Blink. Blink. The portal oh. girl. Blink was cool. It wasn't until they said her name that I realized what I was watching. Because I was like, oh, portal girl. Okay. <laughs> you know, so many of these powers are like, I don't remember Well, And that, so often okay. they change yeah. the power. Who, like who's got what? Had in uh, Last Stand. Yeah, well, or well, even Sebastian like, Shaw's yeah. powers. Well, but they took they they extrapolated on Sebastian Shaw's because it's kinetic energy. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's taking his power to the one step further and make it more visual. Sure. I can excuse <laughs> that power more than Fairy Girl being angel. Well, true. Yeah. But she wasn't angel though. I mean, no, she, she was. They called, she, she, she called was on jail. Angel, but, yeah. Anyway. We went and saw X-Men at uh, Alamo Draft House in Kansas City. How was that? It was really nice. Is it? It's real cool. Really cool. They're doing a lot of really cool stuff coming up, including uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Quote along and just a showing of it. Tempted to go. Cool. And Butch Cassidy. Yeah. Which I would love to go see on the big screen. I think that'd be cool. Butch Cassidy? Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Oh, and the Sundance Kid. Okay. I, I thought maybe there was another Butch Cassidy film out there. No, not yet. To me, it's always Butch and Sundance. Okay. Well, but there is a Butch and Sundance. Yeah, right? I guess that's true. <laughs> did you guys do anything else fun? Let's see. What did we do? We uh, we caught up on, uh, obviously, Conquest. We didn't do it on the same day as you guys did. And then we rewatched First Class uh, in order to be prepped for the day. And obviously, we you didn't do that. Before. Didn't, didn't do that on the <laughs> same day. Two weeks ago. Um, and then uh, went with uh, Keith and a bunch of friends to uh, Patrick's birthday party in Kansas City for the Alamo Draft House of uh, X-Men. And then we watched um, Odd Thomas. Thomas. Oh, how was that? Oh my god, it was great. Okay, I'll I'll go. I'll go watch it now. If you've read, if you've read the books, you will have a total appreciation for this movie. Nice. They did a very, very good job adapting the book to be a visual medium. Did they change the ending? Having read, having read the book, just say yes or no. I think you know what I, I mean. No. So no. I should have tissues. And I forgot. <laughs> I have never credited a book. I that f- book made me cry. You're going to cry. I'll have tissues ready. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot. I think that's something that's going to stay with me the rest of my life. Yes. <laughs> well, I, the, Granted, I haven't read any of the other yeah. books yet, so I won't yeah. read the first one. Yeah, that was a total, yeah. I, uh, the... The guy that plays both, all the characters actually are phenomenal, but the two in Stormy and uh, Odd. Odd. Wow. Yes. Well, they got Willem Dafoe to play the sheriff. Yeah, I saw that. So that's just an automatic win there. But yeah, Anton Yelton was phenomenal. He so nailed it. And it's, it's, unfortunately, it's not getting very good reviews. Um, well, it never I, came out theatrically. It here. never came out theatrically, and the people who have been rating it on on uh, Rotten Tomatoes have given it like a forty-seven or something. And they said because they, they, I don't think they got it because it's you well, know, it might be they, something that would be hard to translate on the film. Well, if they you compared it the to um, Fright Night. Frighteners. 
Frighteners. It's like they said. It's like somebody made the Frighteners for less money and twenty years too late. And, and it's, it's like, like no, you've not read the book, <laughs> have it's, you? It's not it's, even remotely in that same vein. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's a more horror serious. movie with comedic yeah. elements or a comedy it's, with horror elements. It's but more, it's not. I think it's more serious than Frighteners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The book was. Yeah. They've not read the book. It's basically what it boils well, down I mean, to. Yeah. I mean, but I think you can still enjoy it having not. I mean, Gar- I recommended it to Garth having not seen the movie yet, and he's like, "Well, is it good?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know. I haven't watched it yet, but the book was really good." And he says, "Okay, I'll give it a try." And he came back and went, "Oh my god, this is like my new favorite movie. This is awesome." This is- <laughs> so I think you can have that enjoyment without the book tie-in, yeah. but having read the book, it gives this it, it kind of oh, kind of after- like Hunger Games. It adds depth yeah, to it really it. adds a lot of. Depth and then afterwards, we went and uh, read uh, Dean Koontz's review of it, and he was you liked it. Oh yeah, he was very very. If, if the author, if it's yeah. The author's pleased with it, then yeah, he was more than pleased with it. So yeah, he yeah. I'll move that up to the top of the list. I was really worried with it being a Stephen Sommers movie because Stephen Sommers is hit or miss for me because some of his stuff is good and some of his stuff isn't. But the fact that you you look at the Mummy, which I personally didn't enjoy a whole. I mean, it was fine for what it was, but that's about all I can say for it. But it strikes that right tone of having a kind of comedic leading man in an action horror set piece. And I think he was able to balance that. He was totally the wrong director for G.I. Joe, but, you know, th- so th- I enjoyed, th- this I enjoyed worked the first Mummy. I didn't, not the other ones. Yeah, yeah th- this worked for him, so. Mm-hmm. Must see it, definitely. What's the other thing we watched? We watched something else this week, too, that was... We've watched a lot of things. I know. Mm-hmm. We've been kind of... Tearing through some stuff. Playing oh, catch-up. Uh, um, you brought it from work. Well, you watched Wolverine. That's what one of them was. Oh, yeah, we watched... Uh, well, but we talked. Did we talk about that? I think you talked about origins. Origins. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was something else. We, we finished Atlanta season four and moved on to season five, which was good. And um, there's something else that we watched, and I can't think oh. of what it is. We've been watching a lot of stuff. Well, we'll get back to that. But that was you know, went and saw my mom today. Took grandbaby out and had her uh, her new tricycle that mom. Acquired for us, which was really nice. So <laughs> she's in love with it. It's a. We've been out. Do you have a Sam's card? Mm-hmm. Sam's has trikes, Schwins, with chrome fenders and wooden platforms wooden on platforms. the back, and uh, they're a beautiful, beautiful bike. And I went, Mom, I gotta get Katrina a bike. <laughs> and she said, Okay. So nice. Katrina got a bike. It's like, but I had a lot of fun. Worked big sale this weekend. You know. Memorial Day sale. Memorial Day sale. More tomorrow. Keith, what'd you do? Well, after Conquest, I had an impromptu turnaround of the next day. I was supposed to, on Thursday, work 9.30 to 6, or 9 to 6, and then come back Friday at midnight. Unfortunately, she called in 6, so I had to do a very quick turnaround of noon to midnight after leaving at (laughs) 6. But that did give us a chance to watch a couple movies. We watched... um, Tangled, which I had never seen. I really liked it. It's a really yeah, good movie. I'd never seen it. After seeing Frozen, I was like, okay, I'll give it a chance. I loved Flynn Rider. Zach Levi was so good in that movie. <laughs> Best part of it. Uh, and then also, I watched Gojira, the original black and white classic. That was the other thing we did. Did we talk about Godzilla? We did. We talked, we talked about, about that last, last week. week. Okay, then that wasn't it. Never mind. I don't. I didn't remember that. I don't think I've ever seen that one. The original the Japanese. Original Japanese. At least not in Japanese. A few people have. A lot of people that have seen the Godzilla films usually have seen King of Monsters, which was the American adaptation. See, I don't know if I've seen that or one. Either. American edit, re-edit. I believe. I Did it, it? I did not remember it in the way that it does. Which 
was nice. And then I also started Tomb Raider. That is a phenomenal game. If you guys haven't played it, oh, the new uh, it's reboot, so good. And it's it's not your traditional Tomb Raider either. How many, how many times have you hucked her off a cliff? In not yet, actually. I then it's not a Tomb Raider game. Well, that's the yeah. thing. I'm, I'm like ten percent in, and I haven't truly gotten into a tomb. <laughs> I know that comes later, but it's I rank, the gameplay is phenomenal. The the hunting style is really good. Um, yeah, it's. I highly recommend it if you, if you, especially if you like games, and especially if you like. It's kind of more of it's more along the lines of Uncharted than it is Tomb Raider. If that makes sense, since Un- Uncharted is kind of a Tomb Raider ripoff. Hmm. Uh, and then uh, it was my stepmom's birthday today, so we went to the zoo, which was fun. I cool. think that was it. That's fun. Catching back up on sleep and getting back on a normal schedule. <laughs> Take you go back to work tomorrow. Yes. No. No rest for the wicked. Shall we move on to news? Sure. Oh, the other thing I did was uh, hang pictures on the walls. Oh, yeah. I saw you posted. So, uh, Firefly is no longer on the autograph wall. Oh, they're not on the autograph wall? If you'll notice, they're on that wall. Oh, yeah. Along with the other Firefly pictures. I have to get up to cross into the other room now to see. Ooh, pretty. I can't hear you. My photos. Are now here and there. Did some rearranging. A little bit. I like. I'm not pleased with my autograph wall. I'm gonna have to redo that a little bit. There's now a lot less. Yeah, I need some tweaking. Yeah, <laughs> I just haven't done that yet. You need to get some more autographs. <laughs> that, 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 that too. I'm very pleased with my firefly wall. Yeah, I like your firefly wall. I... Very, very well done. I took a lot of time measuring. <laughs> making sure they're level and they might not be entirely level because I don't think our apartment is or yeah, the ceiling the, 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 there's <laughs> one thing that living here twice in my life has taught me it's I, just only, give up on my that. only criticism and I know why you did it is that you've got Adam at the top but I think I'd have done even because he's sideways I think I'd have done Maul and uh, see Nathan and Alan are the Alan. price jewels so they're the center see that's I, to me, they should be at the top because there's a hierarchy there. Well, then they're so and far so away you can't see their autographs. I think you needed those two above where Adam is. Then you needed Adam in the middle, and then the other two flanking underneath. Mm-hmm. But that's that's just my. I'm thinking of getting uh, when I eventually do get in that way. My first eye gravitates to Adam, see, and to me, is, Mal should be see, my the highest. To the so. I've got ideas. I like for how Adam is Adam and and. Nathan is Mal. Mal. Yeah, well, I, I couldn't remember. But the problem is I remember Jane. I can't ever remember uh, Alan Tudyk's character's name. Wash? Wash. Wash. Yeah. I don't know why. It's Wash not. Hoboken? Hoban. Hoban. Is that Hoboken? It's Hoban. Hoban. I, see, I can't remember either. <laughs> I think Thousands when I get, I get Simon, it's going to have to go. I can't to these guys. When I get Simon, it's going to have to go between Jewel and River. Yeah. I'm sorry, Summer. That, that, that's, that's <laughs> Jewel and River. I'm saying I'm not the only one. <laughs> because I even called her uh, Summer there, or uh, yeah, Summer earlier. Oh, and when I get a Gina, Mal won't be with Wash. He'll be with somebody else. And right, right. Wash will be with Gina. Gina. Anyways, that's the other thing I did: interior decorating with traveling the vortex. <laughs> I would post pictures of the other parts because I'm rather proud of those. Shall we move on to news? Yes, please. Well, we got a teaser. <laughs> we did. We got, a teaser. we got teased. 
<laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> and a month. I'm glad you didn't call it a teaser trailer, because that's not what it is. It's just a teaser. After your tirade earlier, I knew I was going <laughs> you to. were being very careful. <laughs> it's a it's teaser. Not a teaser trailer. It is a teaser. Two, maybe three images. Yeah. Yeah, Three flashes of the almost the same image. Yeah, yeah. Of, of 16 seconds of teaser, I think 10 of them were black screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sean goes, honey, here's a new one. Here is the boots that I was. Bam, bam, bam. That's it? That's all we get? It's hard to get excited about that. Like, it's, That's why like they shouldn't the have date. called it teaser trailer. They should have <laughs> just said teaser, and then I'd, I'd, I'd have gone, ooh, that was 11 more minutes than I expected we'd get, but... No, I, I called I, a I, teaser I, trailer, so I thought, <laughs> okay, well, it's going to be a tease, but it's going to be more of a trailer. No, I waited. Not. I saw that you guys had posted it and went, oh, <gasps> new stuff, and stayed away from social media. I didn't want to know, didn't do it. Mm-hmm. A couple days went by because I was busy with a sale, and then we sat down last night, and I booted it up and projected it on the big screen. I was like, come here, come here, come here, come here, hit play, and it was 11 seconds, and I went, <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> then we didn't even get a firm date. It was yeah. just August. 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 Of there's, what year? There's not even five. There's only like five Saturdays in August. Well, I was just grateful that they nailed down August instead of the July rumor that was floating around. I so. think that's why they released the trailers because Probably. they were tired of hearing the July rumor. Probably. Well, but you I'm realize, sorry, you, you, you realize that. Get it right. <laughs> they, 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 they could be pulling an Easter sun, uh, Saturday with us by, well, it's maybe not July. Maybe it was going to be the last weekend of July, and they're going to start it the first weekend of August. I don't know. Which <laughs> it's, it's still plausible. August 2nd is a Saturday. Yeah. So, I mean, July, August. I mean, that last week, you could have been thinking final week of July. Was, don't try still, to justify it. Was, it. It's August. <laughs> I think they've known all along. I think it's going to be the 30th. And I think the guy that in the interview said we needed to get the stuff done by July was right, because he wasn't saying because it premieres in July, it's because it has to be done by July, so they can have it out in August. I think the production team's deadline for everything is July. <laughs> no matter what it is, no matter what you're shooting, whatever you're or, or producing or anything, and the guy used their production deadline because well, it was, it's coming out in August. It was the director of the first couple of episodes, wasn't it? Right. So uh, No. Yes. yes. Or, or the, the second one, at least. I don't remember if he directed well, the Well, this just in... Sherlock has got to be done by July <laughs> because everything's done by July. So I'm kidding, but I, I, I'm, I am excited that, that we now know it will be in the month of August, and Sean can at least plan up until <laughs> J- July 31st at this point. So the schedule wheels are turning. <laughs> also in the news, a couple more guests for Li Who: Deborah Watling and Deborah Stanish. Yay, Denver Watling! Yay! East Victoria. Coast. <laughs> Victoria. 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 Uh, for those that don't recognize the name of Deb Stanish, she is a, co- a Hugo-nominated uh, co-editor of Chicks Unravel Time and from the Verity... I was editor when you were talking earlier. I can't believe it. And, and of the Verity podcast. So she will be making her second term. But, of course, Deborah Watling... Um, Most recently seen by us in Downtime. <laughs> and Web of Fear. Oh, there was that too. Yeah. Most recently. So it's going to be a nice little uh, second Doctor reunion with Frasier and Wendy there too. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And that's it in the news. Not much happened. Not much. So shall we move on to feedback? Let's. Feedback. 
brief song by Mel. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm so used to hearing Sean sing it. Uh, first up is Kirk. You obviously haven't listened in a while. <laughs> hey, all my buddies. Okay, I finally recovered from Planet Comic Con 2014. And I'm circling around to take care of some things that I should have done immediately after the con. Telling my mom some of, uh, some of my Planet Comic Con stories prompted me to go back and re-listen to your recap in episode 168 this week. I sent you all a brief note on, on by social media after listening to the episode, but your flattering comments really deserve a longer public response. You made me blush with all the si- kind uh, with all the nice comments about me, Kelly, and Planet Comic Con. Thank you very much for saying such wonderful things. We received the fifty dollars each, and uh, <laughs> we want to thank you very much for that, Kirk. But really, Super Kirk, I am not worthy. At best, I'm Aqua Kirk. Aqua Kirk. And judging by my waistline, I should probably be best known as Matter Eater Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for, uh, for the advance warning about Sean's major squee at the end of the episode. I was driving both times I listened to it, and it was helpful to have a good grip on the steering wheel. <laughs> Seriously, I can't describe how happy I am. That you enjoyed our Planet Comic, your Planet Comic Con adventure so much, Kelly and I are delighted that you guys and Mel, uh, Jessica, and the rest of your extended group of family and friends were, are able to attend the show, be part of our volunteer team, and play such an important part in both public and behind the scenes aspect of the convention. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What I found most amazing was that after a long, exhausting weekend, the four of you were able to go home Sunday night and record a three-hour podcast. (laughs) You must have some sort of superpowers of your own to pull that off. Brain doesn't need sleep. Brain just needs to stay wet. (laughs) It's never too soon, so we've started planning Planet Comic Con 2015. Chris Jackson tells me that we should be able to announce next year's dates in a few weeks. By the way, we're already working on plans to book one or more Doctor Who guests for the show. I hope that you guys can be, and the extended Vortex crew will be happy to join us for that. I think we're all very happy, Kirk. Mm-hmm. and very excited. Anytime you need us, just call. Switching topics to Traveling the Vortex, I want you to know that I'm a loyal, loyal weekly listener, even though I'm not a regular feedback writer. I enjoyed the recent adversary archive of The Great Intelligence. You mentioned the BBC audio CDs of The Abominable Snowman and The Web of Fear. Those CDs are how I first experienced these stories, and I heartily endorse the format. The linking narration is extremely well done, making the stories work as if they were written for radio instead of television. The CDs were especially convenient for a long-distance commuter like me. I've also listened to The Reign Reign of Fear, uh, Evil of the Daleks and the Invasion in this format. I assume that you've reviewed Dalek in the past, but I'll, I'll chime in with a couple of thoughts since it's on the Friday Night Who rotation. This was the first episode of New Who where I knew the new series was really on track and would be respecting and embracing the history of Classic Who. The sequence where the Ninth Doctor realizes that he's been l- locked in with is a true classic. The story also has the classic RTD elements of richly drawn supporting characters, even giving the lone Dalek a more realized personality than we typically see. This happened to be my son's first exposure to Doctor Who. I think someone else told a similar story, but he was just seven years old and came in and midway through the episode, he was entranced. Unfortunately, since we were watching it on its first broadcast, we had no idea that the ending would be so emotional. He was devastated by the Dalek's death and didn't stop crying all night. 
It didn't turn him off Doctor Who, though. He came back to the show the following week as a die-hard fan. Yay. Okay, I've probably taken up half your episode by now. Thanks again for everything, and until next time, happy traveling. Kirk. Thank you, Kirk. Thanks, Kirk. Thank you, Kirk. Great to hear from you. Up next, Lisa. Lisa writes, feedback submitted. Comment question, hello, travelers in the vortex. First, I'd like to take a moment to say thank you for the podcast. The recent delay in podcasts served as a reminder to me just how much I look forward to your program every week. You all have lives, work, family, and friends, yet you make time to create an entertaining podcast week in and week out. Thank you. I really appreciate the show. The Great Intelligence Stories have been wonderful to revisit and put together as a whole, as you've all been doing. Your discussion of downtime has me thinking Moffat is a man with a mission to include what he sees as who and to make room in his TV work for Big Finish audios, books, comics, and more. Marvelous. Mm -hmm. Second, how to explain the monster in Tip of the Tongue? Well, let's see. The equivalent of stunt casting, only with an author who was allowed to cash the check prior to turning <laughs> <into> the <work. laughs> A thousand points, Lisa. Yes, That's absolutely. <laughs> Third, name of the doctor. Moffat wrote for Alex Kingston very emotional, intimate scenes in both her first and last appearances with the doctor. Her death scene with Tennant and Forced of the Dead, and the goodbye scene with Matt Smith and Name of the Doctor. There's also a connection between the episodes with River telling the Doctor she knows his name in Forest of the Dead, and because she knows his name, River opens the TARDIS tomb in Name of the Doctor. She is whom the Doctor is saying please to, as the great intelligence is attacking his friends. If he can, quote, always see her and hears her, then he knows that she is there, and that she can say his name so that he doesn't have to. That's a really good way of thinking of it. Yeah, good point. From the trust us scene in The Impossible Astronaut, where Alex Kingston for just a moment shows how much it hurts to have lost those 200 years in which she had become second only to the Doctor himself in terms of trust. When Amy says, trust me, and the Doctor turns to her and he immediately says, okay. To that awesome scene in Good Man Goes to War where Matt Smith runs through a whole host of emotions from extremely angry and delighted and very happy. Some of the best writing and acting of the Matt Smith era are between him and Alex Kingston. You can tell just how much Moffat enjoys writing for her and having a go at Matt Smith at the same time. Brilliant. We're going to have to wait and see if River returns and if Moffat does to Matt Smith what he did to the rest of the audience and play with his emotions. <laughs> I'm beginning to anticipate new Who with a new Doctor. Hoping everyone has a marvelous and safe summer, Lisa. P.S. Hey, guys, I heard myself say she was thinking of talking with other ladies of the Vortex. I'm a girl. I listen to the podcast and love Doctor Who. So could you pass on my contact info for me? Either did not give the info or I missed it. I was rolling around and listening to the episode. Not sure if I have that much to contribute, but, you know, yapping with others who enjoy the show is always fun. Thanks. We would happily pass that information on. Not here, but <laughs> we will certainly... One of you... you I'm making taking it care of it now. Keith actually. is taking care of it as... We speak. So, and I can say there is some momentum on that front. That's all I can say. However, news as we get it. Yes. All right. Next or more up importantly, is, are allowed to disseminate. Yes. It. <laughs> Next up is Holly. She writes one seventy eight. We always we should be checking her That's really emails to know what episode we're on, so we don't have to check ourselves. <laughs> 178, Jubilee and Dalek. Hey, guys. 
It's been a while since I've seen the episode Dalek, and I have to say that I remember enjoying it the first time I saw it, and I enjoyed it this time around, too. Van Staten kind of reminds me of Kivas Fajo. Kivas Fajo. From Star Trek Next Gen episode, The Most Toys, where Data gets captured and added to Kivas' own personal collection. The emotions that ran through the Doctor this episode really make you feel for him, and you know that the time war is still fresh in his mind and how badly it affected him. Jubilee. I liked this audio. I'm really enjoying Evelyn as the Sixth Doctor's companion. I think this might be my second or third audio with her, and I'm going to most certainly check out some more audios with her. The singing Daleks were interesting. I could almost imagine them in top hats whirling around. Though the scenes with the Daleks commanding one of their captors to kill another was chilling. I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on these stories. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Thank you Holly. And finally, Chrissy. Chrissy writes, singing the Dalek song. <laughs> Dear Vortex Boys, I just wanted to make everyone aware, since I keep forgetting to do it, there is a poll for the next Doctor Who Book Club book on our Traveling the Vortex Goodreads group. Boy, that was a mouthful. <laughs> that was her, not me. Just so you know. It closes on Saturday, and we currently have a six-way tie, so everyone go vote. I don't... Six-way tie? Oh, everybody has voted for one, probably. <laughs> All six of us have voted for one. I don't have one. a six-sided coin to flip. Yes, the book club is still happening. There is still some good discussion going on That's over there. That's so. what a dice is for. A die is for. Six-sided die. Multiple timelines. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, get the darkest no. timeline. <laughs> Timey-wimey. Oh, uh, so she continues. So, Dalek versus Jubilee. I guess versus. I'm trying to remember if you guys have re- reviewed Jubilee on the podcast on its own. But I don't think you have, so here's my review of that story, then I'll get into my thoughts of how it compares to Dalek. Jubilee. Big Finish has some really great stories, and then they have some not-so-great ones. And then you have the ones that are that are out-and-out out bonkers. For me, Jubilee is one of the bonkers ones. That's not to say I don't enjoy this one. Far from it. There are some really great story ideas in here, and it's very creative. It does the timey-wimey alternate history thing very well, and how better to help illustrate that than to have a companion like Evelyn there to talk about history and give some context to the story. It's not straightforward in its progression, but it doesn't need to be. It's presented as a dystopian timeline that takes into account that the Daleks could have gone back and made Earth's history go very, very wrong, even without actually winning any wars. It's an interesting concept, and one that I'm glad Big Finish tried at least once. Maybe there are other similar stories that change history, but I haven't heard them yet. Also, the concept of Daleks, Dalek juice and Doctor being imprisoned and tortured are creepy as crap. But this, but the singing Daleks were kind of cute, sort of like Alpha, Beta, Omega Daleks in the Evil of the Daleks. Okay, so here are my comparisons with Dalek. While there are some similarities between the two, both stories are very different. It's more that Dalek borrowed story elements from Jubilee, the same way Rise of the Cybermen did with spare parts. There's only the one. There's only one Dalek in both stories. Well, Jubilee ended up with a lot with more at the end. Both have a scene where the Doctor's companions connects an emotional level on an emotional level with the Dalek, and actually feel sorry for the thing. Both show humans absolutely horrible people, or humans being absolutely horrible people. Both treat the lone survival Dalek as collector's items to be put on display or achieved. 
Other than that, I think they both have very different overarching stories to tell. Jubilee was an alternate dystopian history sort of story. Dalek was set up to explore more of the Time Ward storyline that New Who was establishing. They certainly use similar elements, but both stories are completely their own things. It's not like they're adapting big finished stories for TV or vice versa, which is good. There's no need to do that, do anything <coughs> like that. There are plenty of ideas that people can come up with for Doctor Who. Alright, I'm going to go set up a countdown for August. Personally, I hope it's late August because that's just a good time for a show to premiere. And then i got to go stock up on tissues for this week's Friday Night Who. Thanks again for being the highlight of my week, and I'll talk to you all later. Chrissy. Thanks, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. And everyone who wrote in this week. Yes. Chrissy did send us a follow-up email with a, web, uh, with a YouTube video that we will post after the episode goes out on a separate post. Yeah, or if you guys, one of you guys want to put it before I get it out. Okay, that's fine. Just as long as it's on different posts. It'll be on a different yeah. post from the podcast, so make yeah. sure you go to our website, travelingthevortex.com, if you are a YouTube or a iTunes subscriber and don't regularly visit our website. We, uh, we do that because attaching two media elements to one feed item a lot of times mucks up our oh, <laughs> broadcast, yes. our, our uh, feed our, for like iTunes and things like that. So. We, they have to be separated. So, <clears throat> but as I say, if you guys, one of you guys, want to do that before I post it, just as long as it's a separate uh, oh. stream. Yeah. All right. Shall we move on to review our review of Jubilee? Yes. The sixth Doctor and Evelyn discover that a single Dalek is being held captive by the rulers of the English Empire as part of their propaganda campaign of death. Was that it? That's, that's the that, short one. That's the short one. Dun, dun, dun! I would echo that. That's yeah, good. absolutely. <laughs> I think this is probably one of my favorite Six Doctor stories we've listened to. Not only is the storytelling solid, the companion, Evelyn, is phenomenal in this story. I love her. And the Six Doctor is so good. I don't think until Nine came along that they could have done this story with any other Doctor it would not have had the same impact and the same gravitas with a different Doctor. That's my short review. So, what did you think? Seconded. Um, probably in the top tier of Big Finish audios that we've listened to, that I've heard. Uh, probably almost number one with a bullet for Evelyn audios, because oh, she's yeah. so strong in this. I mean, she, Evelyn's great in all of them, but she's so good in this one. Um, it's a fantastic Sixth Doctor story. It uh, really plays to the strengths of, of Colin Baker, and um, yet, it has the, as, as uh, Chrissy pointed out, it's this fun little romp that has all these very cool ideas and then it's got these bonkers very strange segments and it, it wasn't until the info dump portion of it that they kind of started to explain things to me that I was like okay that kind of makes sense now because I, I was really wondering how you were are we in a parallel universe are we an alternate earth are we in you know what exactly happened here and then learning that you know <laughs> England conquered the world in World War One, using the Dalek weaponry from the invasion and changed all of the subsequent history that there was no woman's suffrage and that there was no this and that everything was kind of built up around subjugate the weaker races and that that became this new mantra. It's like, 
Okay, uh, that suddenly has you know really paved the way for for the rest of this to work. Um, I really enjoyed it. I was continually surprised by it. Yeah, I did not expect it, that it was the doctor in the in the case. <laughs> I thought it was Davros. <laughs> Like okay, good. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be that And then when they're the, they said the doctor, I'm like, we both. Well, he was well, driving. They had, we both. They had that such great reveal of when when she goes into the, the uh, cell uh, or the room. Goes into the room. Yeah, and it's him, and it's and then they went steps so much further than I ever imagined. I, 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 I was, I was equal parts beyond blown away that they gave me this, and I fell for it. You know, because yeah, it's, it's like, like, oh, it's like, down there. Here's the carrot. Go you for know, it. He's, he's in this. He's in the tower. In the it's like, it oh, it's obvious. Who it's going to be? It's so got to be Davros. And so I fell for it. And then it wasn't Davros. And I had this literally equal parts of admiration for being able to pull it off because you made me believe it was Davros and pulling one over on me to the further extent that not only is it not Davros, it's the Doctor, and you cut off his legs and he's in the tower. Whoa. And equal parts disappointment because I was really looking forward to Davros <laughs> sitting in the tower. <laughs> there was a part of me that was like, "Aw, I mean, yay!" But aw. <laughs> See, I come down differently on it because I felt they were trying too hard to, by especially by adding the wheelchair element, I thought they were trying too hard to try to trick us into making us think that it was Davros. That I immediately thought, "Well, it's not going to be Davros," and. With the idea that they had already established with the Doctor essentially kind of split between times, my first thought went to, they've got the Doctor that had gone back to the split uh, time yeah, I didn't, up uh, there in the tower. So. I, 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 not so much that it was, I, mean, I think because it was obvious, because it, it, it was so obvious that they put it out there, I felt cheated. Because I fe- we've all been there. We've all had that one Davros episode that's like, Really? You're going to try and make us believe that it's not Davros, even though we all know it's Davros. And then Davros shows up in the reveal, and we're like, aha, knew it was Davros. I think the one exception to that is probably um, Remembrance, when we all think it's him in the chair. Right. And then it turns out it's the little blonde oh, girl. It's the girl. Like, Whoa. Oh. You know. And then it's him in the And then it's Emperor. him in the Emperor. Which, we, you know, so. which was wonderful. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, that, that's, that's, a, that's a good Davros reveal versus to all the other ones that it's been. Uh, here he comes, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they just threw it out there, wheelchair, when we all automatically went there just because it's oh it's going to be that Davros reveal you know but then it wasn't it's like ooh yeah. cool yeah I think one thing this also does really well uh, I think the length actually helps lend to it of the it's a mammoth it's a mammoth but really building that Dalek character and really building that relationship between Evelyn and the Dalek they, it's so well done, and it's it's not a quick thing, kind of like it is in Dalek the episode. It's spread out more. It takes a little longer. It's much more believable, I think. Um, and then the fact that everybody in this thing is completely bonkers. That's, that's the, I, I third everything you guys have said about it so far, and I totally uh, agree, with the exception of the devil saying I didn't get I didn't get tricked by that, but. Um, everything you guys have said about this so far, I would agree, and that—that's—that's that's the thing that I came away with. This is number one. This story is really, really 
different than anything that's come before as far as Big Finish. Oh, yeah. Uh, even stuff that we've listened to that's been produced after, I think this is quite different. Some, anything that comes close would probably be some of the stuff that was in the Divergent universe, but not even in the same way that this is done. This was one of those things where part of the time you're laughing hysterically, part of the time you're just completely sickened by some of the things that is happening, and sometimes you're, I mean, this thing's gruesome. There are oh, some, yeah. And then I read in the, I brought the uh, Big Finish Companion with me, and I had read before that this there was actually, it was much more gruesome, and they had oh, to really? actually, yeah, pair it back and edit it quite wow. a bit. Wow. The story itself, not the actual, what they initially cut, but... That it, that, that, uh, what's his when name? Was Rob, uh, who also wrote Dalek, which I, I, it didn't occur to me. And I Robert Shearman. Robert Shearman. And somebody had said that, I think, uh, maybe Chrissy alluded to that a few weeks ago, back when we were talking about comparisons of, of episodes. I think she had brought that Probably up. Probably when we were doing forgotten. the... Uh, but I had forgotten yeah. that it was Robert Shearman that wrote both. And, yeah, the... The Cyberman comparisons we were making. Spare parts. parts. That's what couldn't come out. <laughs> that's what I couldn't get to come to my mind. And so... It's, and, it, and, and that was and, and I was trying to address what Keith had said about how everybody is just the, as you as they unfold these characters and you learn about each character, you just realize that the only sane people in this entire thing <laughs> are Evelyn and the Doctor. Yeah. We were and, the do, and the Doctor is even <laughs> like a fifty-fifty split because you get the Doctor from the past that's locked up in the tower who is crazy at that point <laughs> as well. And so it's just, it's this this weird like stew of different things and emotions and ideas and and is really all brought together into one savory dish that just works so well together and it's very impactful and I think it's one of to me it's probably my top five if not my oh, top absolutely. two absolutely big finish so far I just think it was so well constructed so what well and it it brought me places. Emotionally, that I just thought, wow, I just I never expected this from a big finish yeah. audio. So, well, and coming oh. off the heels of watching Conquest, the the eight movie, it just stirred up a whole bunch of other feelings for these women not having rights and the oh, apes yeah. not having rights, and it's like, yeah, this is not right. <laughs> and then the crazy man. <laughs> that's the thing. There, there's so many of these where you, you go from. You go from the highs of of, of the, the the adventure, the story arc, and the the what's going on here, to the lows of how horribly of what's going on. Yeah, the, 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 the discrimination and the out out hatred and and this kind of stuff. I'm ugly. To laughing at some of the things that are going the on. Christmas of yeah, and, and how you know the 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 president's wife is such a simpering. Well, you I, know, I, I like that they. But then she's not, and, and, and just, but then uh, she she started off as this really weak character, and then turned out not to be great, and then she falls back to weak at, by the end of it. We it's kind I mean, of like she goes below ground. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> like I want to take over so I can have somebody else be my husband and rule. I mean, it makes sense for the atmosphere, but it's like, could she? Um. Couldn't they have shown more depth to that? Well, just the the, the very strange dynamic where, and it was repeat because the first time it was like, whoa, where he he doesn't beat me hard enough. He he, he doesn't even break the skin, and I I was so taken aback by that because it's like 
I don't know whether I should laugh at the idiocy of that statement or be really creeped out or offended or, you know, I'm not sure how to feel. And they kept driving it home that that's not just a random throwaway line, that she genuinely believes that this is what a real man should be because of everything that's been twisted in this. It's like, whoa. And it's not until they drive that home later that you realize it. Well, that's just it. I was quite disturbed and... uh, uh, I was quite disturbed and actually offended by the use of it in a story because it felt like it just felt really odd in its placement. And it wasn't until they kind of explained it the, wasn't until that, yeah, that it was explained that it, that it really paid off why they did it and it almost made it not acceptable that it happened. But appropriate for the context of what the story was, as yeah. you said, that you know they had won World War One, they'd essentially taken over the globe, the empire had taken over the globe, and so women's suffrage had not happened, and a lot of events that, that it just really kind of derelegated women, and so it really kind of almost—I don't want to say it made it acceptable, but it, it was framed within the context of what had happened. It, it, I was, it was a little more accepting of what it, what it had happened and. And why it was written into this story that way? Um, yeah, sorry, I didn't get that. One. <laughs> um, but we want to talk about the parallels between Dalek because I really think the first act of this story is very similar, very very similar, and borrowed heavy the first part of Dalek. I think there's a lot. There's a lot of similar ideas, I think. I think there's a lot of, I mean, parallel-wise, you know, just the whole uh, coming here, not knowing what's going on. They've got the Dalek captured. Somebody is using it as a, you know, basically a trinket or a toy or or a collector's piece. And all of that, even all the way up to, you know, Evelyn having the conversation with it. And then it seems to really kind of broaden out and be something completely different. But then at the end kind of narrows in and, and well, becomes similar again. And the, so, to, to some extent, still the, gr- the growth of the Evelyn is similar to the growth of Rose. And it stays it's, consistent it's a similar throughout. Yeah. It's, 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 that, it's that single Dalek story. The core idea is, is the same for both. It's the trappings that it's in. That's exactly it. it. It's, yeah. it's, this is an exploration of just twisted parallel universes, whereas... Dalek is an exploration of the time war and the impact it has on the Doctor. Right, right. It, Dalek is a much more emotional story for the Doctor than this story is, that's despite what all the Doctor goes through in it. Yeah, that's certainly true. And I think that's where the bigger changes are, the, the trappings more than anything else. Agreed. Well, Agreed. It's, it's definitely, I mean, on, if you just look at it on the surface, I don't know that you can really say that, that Dalek is a remake. No. Because no, no, it isn't. All. Not at all. It it borrows some of the core story ideas. It, it's more appropriate to say that it's adapted from, you know, the, the uh, this one. Because the Dalek story is there. If you look at it from just the Dalek's point of view, that it came to Earth and it was captured and it's being tortured and that this is happening and that it meets a companion of the Doctor and the Doctor's still pretty convinced that it should be killed and the companion's not so sure and there's a little bit of a bond. And then ultimately, at the end, it needs to... It, it comes to the self-realization that it needs to be destroyed. Okay, yes. Th- that that part of the story is there. The rest of the framework, the rest of the world building, is apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so different, and it, 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 it really takes a stroke of genius to 
extract that story out of the trappings of this story and put it in the time war, mm-hmm. you know, backstory. Well, and and weave it that down we to a smaller and narrower scope. Yeah. That, that is because of how big this one yeah. is. Yeah. Um, I think this one, though, borrows uh, the, the theme and idea much more than Spare Parts did with Age of, uh, Army of, uh, Rise of the Cybermen, Age of Steel. Um, while I think that they, that I can now see the parallels between spare parts and the Cyberman two-parter, this one they're, they're, they're a lot more obvious and they're a lot more uh, yeah okay I see where you yeah. borrowed those the, those ideas and that that. Well, and the difference also with Jubilee is the fact that the Dalek storyline is important and it's there, but it's there's so much else going on because of it. And like you said, paring it down for Dalek, they had to cut away everything else. They stayed with just the Dalek story, yeah. 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 which. Arguably, is one of the most interesting things about this story. I so I understand why they stuck with that too. I would agree. It's the best part of this story too. Uh, yeah. That, that while everything is interrelated, uh, a lot of it it's it's not. Con- I mean, it's just consequential. It doesn't need to be there. It just happens to really expound on and broaden the scope of the story a lot. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to get some more evil in. <laughs> yeah, me too. She I, is so delightful, so wonderful, so strong of a character. I thoroughly enjoy her. Now, this had come after because she talked about uh, she had already met the Daleks. Met the Daleks. So that was the uh, apocalypse. Apocalypse element? element. Yeah. Okay. That's where I had gotten confused because in our jumping around the order of doing these sometimes. <laughs> I couldn't remember for sure when she had met the Daleks. We, we, we've always done was in that. evil and in the right order. We, 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 we jump around the out. big finish arc. For the most part. For the most part. We, well, we jump around the big finish arc. I try very, very, very hard for big finish specific companions to do those in order. Yeah. So, for example, obviously the Eighth Doctor stories, we are doing those in order even though we're kind of jumping around everywhere else to get to them. But we, we're doing those in order. The Evelyn stories have been done in order. Right, right. Um, and um, who's the other one? Um, well, Fifth Doctor well, needs to have been in order. Perry and... Uh, Perry and uh, Airman. 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 Although we've, we've only gotten one. Airman, one but so, th- yeah. those will be done in order. Now, if it's a companion that we've seen on TV, we may wind up bouncing around a sure, little bit. Sure. Unless something comes up that I'm aware of that is like, okay, this forms a specific arc that you have to do these in this order. <laughs> Which I understand Ace has some stuff that's coming up. Because the Ace we've done pretty much in order, too. Yeah, we really have. I think so. Because, I mean, really, we may jump around with Although our Doctors. Although the only one I can think of right now is Colditz. But in the Doctors, we still stay in pretty much release order. We just don't stay in Doctor order. And we stay in release order within the Doctors themselves. Yeah, for the well, most part. For the we most have, part. We've, 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 we've skipped got over a couple. Of five that we've skipped over, I think, than anything. Well, but we, we've also done a lot of, um, you know, for example, we, we might do a Six in Evelyn and follow that up with a Six in Perry. Which are not right. necessarily okay, that's current true. running, that's true. but the next evil one that we'll do will follow the last evil one that we do. So yeah, yeah. I try, I try and keep, I, I try and give you some. There's a method to the madness. <laughs> I try and give you some, uh, you know. Well, I think Evelyn's voice is awesome to listen to. Not, in, not only is she a strong character and awesome in her ability to interact with Daleks or Doctor or whoever she's with, her voice is just. She's a great actress. Yes. Yeah. I'd love to see her on TV sometime. I'd love to meet her. (laughs) (laughs) 
it really makes me hanker once like as, as we've always said we'd like to see an older companion with the doctor i definitely this, she's every time a, I listen she, to she's Evelyn, a great I, example of how she how it works so well every time i listen to Evelyn, i get back on that horse and it's like yeah let's, <laughs> let's put this put together anything else about jubilee and dalek that uh, we wanted to touch on um I think the comparisons, kind of like as you pointed out, that the, the we were very much anti-adaptation when it came to spare parts and the the, the Cyberman two-parter. I, w- I don't know if it was anti; I just never could see. We, it. Yeah, we never I really got there. see it. This one is a little more cut oh, and this dried. One you can see, that, yeah. That, oh, yeah. that it is there and that it is there. And, and but I, I still can, don't see it as a remake. I can see no. it more now, and I think Chrissy was the one that put it more. One of our listeners in feedback put it a little more in perspective for me. Oh no! It was uh, Phil, uh, Doctor Phil, put it a little more in perspective oh, for, for me on how it did, and I think maybe even Chrissy or somebody else helped that along for me. So I was able to kind of see more of the parallels, and it didn't bother me as much. This one, though, it was it, this one. Had I just listened to this on my own before we even got to discussing about the parallels and whatnot, or had I done this one before or after, uh, close to those the last one, I I would have seen it in this one. Yeah. yeah. But, so it's not that I'm anti. It I, just, I didn't see it as much with those. This one is it was square on. I could see where there was a lot of parallels and and a lot more borrowing than yeah. there was in the in the in the other comparisons. This one felt I, I don't know if adaptation is the right word. It's not heavily heavily inspired by heavily inspired by yeah. It's like the, the based only, on a true story. I think the only, <laughs> the only true adaptation so far, and we'll we'll tackle this one down the line as well. That has happened is is from human nature, human the, nature. the yeah. novel to human nature, the television uh, story. So, which we'll we'll get there eventually too, and and, and mark those comparisons as well. As many as there are, probably. I, I, if I have a complaint, and I, I don't know that it's a major one. Again, length. I think it's such a massive story. I almost feel like a good majority of the fourth part really was more kind of add-on. I felt like you'd really kind of built up to what wound up being the cliffhanger, but this this big sentimental moment of we're on stage and the Daleks come to this realization and, you know, help me execute him. The Doctor refuses. Okay, help me execute him. And the Dalek refuses. And that everybody's just kind of... We've reached that moment, and I kind of felt like that was almost the, 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 the climax of the thing. And then we had a whole other half hour to go where it was all wrap-up and dealing with the, 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 the time part of it with the, the timelines colliding. I think if they would have wrapped it at the climax and done like a ten-minute wrap-up for the rest of everything else, we would have complained the time element that's was rushed. Exactly, yeah. That's exactly what it is, because I was... I wasn't paying attention to time when I listened to this and I felt like that's where they were building to and that was going to be the end and I thought because this has bothered you more than it ever has bothered me and any of the stories we've done my first initial reaction was reaction was oh my gosh you're, they're finishing this you're going to give us the big info dump at the end and it's going to be over and I thought no don't do that I, we haven't really explored this enough and well, so I was really some... pleased that it just kept going and really exploring it now I think that could have instead of being the, another twenty or thirty minutes that it was. I think it could have been easily which twenty minutes, and there was a little. There was a few things that I felt they dragged out just to make it the same chunk of time yeah. Yeah. for each one. There, of them, there was but, a little padding. There, yeah, but, but it, it did feel padded out very bit. Normal, wasn't it? 
Hmm? Each each episode was a little longer the than normal. The first two were longer than normal. It seemed like the last two were about the same average because mm-hmm. it ends up being like two hours and 20-some minutes. Yeah. Is that right? I thought it was like two hours and six. And if, no, I think it's it was 220. It's 220 at least. Something I, I may oh. be wrong. No. I'm going to look really quick. I, iTunes calls it 220 at least. Okay, but... Um, oh, that was another thing, speaking of iTunes, that I wanted to bring up. Um, yeah, so... I, I was really afraid that that's where they were going with it. Was uh, oh the, no the, the 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 first part is only thirty four. Two, three, and four are all at, come in at thirty six minutes. So really, so yeah, they felt shorter to me than huh. they did than the other ones did. Maybe because we're finally getting into the story, action, the etc. So thirty, so two hours plus another six. Eight, yeah, it's almost two two twenty. Mm. In run I guess I just remember 34, 36, 36, and 36 in some change. Oh, turn of duration, 143 minutes. So, yeah. Um, I only have good things to say. The other thing that I wanted to bring up, which I thought was interesting, was I love the beginning, how they started with the trailer. My first thought was, he, he sets it up with um, Nicholas. It's Nicholas Briggs doing one of the typical trailers. <laughs> and it's a, uh, coming soon to Big Finish. And I was like, I don't. I think, Normally, these are at the end. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> I think maybe there's been one or two others that had a trailer at the beginning, but I thought that was an accident. And then I thought, no, they're always at the end of the thing. I'm pretty sure that. And then when, it, and so I'm thinking this through and not really paying attention oh, until yeah, they get too. to kind of the doctor shows up, and I went, wait, that's not the doctor. And then I was like, oh, I better listen to this closer. So I hit back and went <laughs> yeah, back and listened I, I to it same, again. Because I'll be and honest, I went, when okay, it started neat. and it was coming soon, I was like. Uh, and I fast forwarded a little bit oh. to try and get it to, to and our my iTunes was being goofy and wouldn't up. wouldn't allow me to do it. And so we finally broke down and I had to go do something else and started it. And so we just I just gave up. I was like, okay, okay, we'll just listen to it. And then it was like, oh, maybe this is part of it. It just goes from <laughs> serious trailer to quite silliness. Is yes. what it was. I was like, okay, that was a neat way to start a story. Um, but now I want to see that. I want to hear it. Actually, as I was telling you guys earlier, it's it. They utilized the idea because there was a stage play. I think in the nineteen eighties, maybe even the nineties. Can't remember. But John Pertwee was the doctor on stage for those for a while. Uh, when he fell ill, the sixth doctor, uh, Colin Baker, actually took over the role. And then there was another guy named David Banks, I think, that took over. And it was he was an unnumbered doctor or unknown number doctor. For that, that adventure, so. there was a guy named David Banks. <laughs> it was a, well, he was the doctor, but. right? But you know who this? It wasn't guy. It was the David, David Banks. Banks. It was actually the it, David. It Banks. It is actually the is David it? Banks. Oh, I yeah. did not realize that. In fact, I believe it's the David Banks in that the the, the trailer voice. Well, David Banks did, yeah. The yeah. the Dalek he, he never op- said was that a Dalek so opera, or not operator, a, a, a voice, he right? Was cyber leader or cyber leader? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, and yeah, so it was I Jack didn't realize Gallagher. it was. I didn't realize it was that actor playing the doctor. Oh, was it? Okay. In the... In this. Oh, this. In, okay. in, the, in the picture. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, David Banks... Well, I didn't realize it was that David it's Banks. That but that David Banks, Banks did the, you know, played the I'm doctor 90% on stage I'm, for I, should, I suppose I should step back. I'm 90% certain it's that And then Big Banks. Finish in 2008 released a bonus called? CD called Doctor Who, The Ultimate Adventure. The Ultimate Adventure. So, sometimes we'll have to, sometime we'll have to tackle that one. And now I'm really curious to listen to it now that we've heard this to see what what it really entails. The, All right. Um, oh, <laughs> yep, it, it was the David Banks. It was the David Banks. Good. I'm, right. I'm vindicated. Cool. Um, I just didn't put two and two together. I mean, I knew there was this David Banks, and, but I thought surely not the same guy. Surely they got some 
the East name actor, <laughs> president. Uh, Maybe he is the president of England. Whatever his uh, what was his character's Reginald Roderick or, or Eugene. A, I don't know. Nigel Rochester. I know. I know. Very English. R, yes. Nigel. Um, when he's going on and on and on about oh, there the, the ship was bugged and I had to get away from it and I, <laughs> I Dalek mind control and all like, this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And then I he got like, to the mind control. I was like, ah. well, he's, he was like Dalek mind control, and I went, no way! Like I immediately went, and then the doctor kind of started to buy into it. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I sort of bought into maybe. it when the doctor was buying into it. Yeah, the doctor kind of made me believe that okay, maybe, and he was so impassioned about. I but wanted then he to started saying things that were like, well, yeah. <laughs> well, and then he was like, oh yeah, I locked dwarves up, but it's not me being evil. I'm like, psych. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to be a good person, but first I've got to kill this guy. I'm going to chop his well, hand off so he'll fit in that shell. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Like, it, was the, it was the, actually it was the, I'm the only one who's not under their control. Yeah. That was and I the went, point where I was like, yeah. you are the only one that's an idiot and a psycho. But <laughs> you no, I'm pretty sure his bonkers. wife was too. Well, no, everybody ends up being bonkers yeah. by the end of it. But Well, and then I, the doctor's, you know, she's like, so what do we do? And he's like, Let's slip away. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. What just happened here? Because normally it's the companion going, "Dude, let's get back to the TARDIS and leave these people to their whatever yeah. party they're having." And then I was like, "No, we've got to fix it." Even the doctor by that point had been like, "I'm out. <laughs> you know? I don't want to play anymore." It just. I do like the uh, repulsor disc that they used. I, I visualized the old Dalek comic strips, the ones that they fly around on there. And and it's, I was completely. <laughs> that was my image of this repulsor. Yeah. I think they called it a repulsor disc. Whatever their little flying things that they they would roll up on and then they would fly around. And they always did that in the comics because transolar disc. Transolar disc. They were much more noble, mobile in the uh, uh, comics. You know, they'd fly around these things long before they even envisioned the idea of Daleks flying and that, floating. Yeah, that's that, it. That's exactly. In, uh, in uh, Doctor Who, that was how they were in the, in that's the how they comics. Flew. Yep. So. Yeah, totally, totally, yeah, that was... Loved that. Loved it. That was a great bit. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about about Jubilee or Dalek? It's just such a good story. It is. Quite enjoyable. Are there any others, since since we've kind of opened this can, are there any other Big Finish stories that we've listened to that you kind of think, wow, I'd like to see that one visualized, even if it was just a part of it? And spun into a, a maybe a different type of story that there was an element of one, not necessarily a companion or something, but a, an actual story arc that one of the ones that we've listened to that you'd like to see done as an episode. No, because I died. Quite frankly, <laughs> just just to justify the market. Just to justify well, the market. <laughs> quite quite frankly, I like the originality of the Big Finish stuff, and I like the originality of the It just the goes TV to show stuff. how strong the franchise is, that you can have this many Big Finish, and that much TV, and they're still not retreading that many stories. Yeah, agreed. Uh, that's and a and testament like that. to Doctor so, Who no, itself. I, and I, the novels. I feel like if they did it any more than they've done with Jubilee and Spare Parts and Human Nature, I'd almost feel like that the... They're running out of ideas. And well, maybe, yeah, that the TV series isn't trying hard enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, no, I don't want to see that It's when you get to that point, you want to start considering new maybe we should stories. just put it to bed. Let me, let me rephrase that. Maybe not necessarily that you want to see happen, but if there's any that they made the announcement, oh, we're going to do this, would you be curious to see how it played out? Would you be like very anti? No, I don't want... I mean, if Stephen Moffat said, you know, the, the, the bad guy in season eight 
is Zagreus. If we find out in episode one of season eight that Zagreus is dropped as a potential, and you know that that might be some of the stuff that they're borrowing for that particular season, would you feel cheated? Would you feel? It depends on how it's done. I, yeah, I need I need to see the I mean, finished if product. If they borrowed the story ideas, then yeah, I would feel cheated. If they said this is the Zagreus from Big from Finish, finish but this going on, we've got a new way to utilize him, and yeah, quote unquote rebooting him. Yeah, or not even. Well, yeah, like they would, like they did with the classic monsters. Great intelligence. Yeah, okay. I'm just curious. Yeah, I don't have one. I don't. I don't know if there's one that <laughs> they doctor. Just bring, just bring him just back bring him anymore. Back. Yeah. Even if you, even if you just readapt the stuff that's already out there, bring him back. That's okay. Just televise. <laughs> just televise it. All right. What well, do we got coming well, up on that the show? Really hard to televise. <laughs> yeah. Especially <laughs> the diverging the, the, the universe would be. Might ML, be any any last might be clearer or? in our heads. Oh, <laughs> uh, what have we got here? Uh, this week, Friday night. Who? Caves of Adrazani. Finally. Yay. What uh, many people consider to be the pinnacle of Who television. And one of the greatest episodes, if not the greatest episode of the classic series. And I've never seen it. Let's hope it lives up to it because and I pre purchased it. it. You pre purchased it? I pre purchased. I've purchased. This is my first Who disc that I bought that I have not seen. That's a leap. You bought Caves for me, didn't you? No, I, I bought it you, uh, new at uh, Best Buy for $9.99. You bought caves for me, right? Oh, for you, yes. Sorry, <laughs> okay. I think you said from. I think I thought it was a birthday or a Christmas too. gift. I got, I got it from oh, you for Christmas. Oh, your copy came yeah. from yes. Madness. Because okay. I didn't I, own it. I, got I mean, I love edition. it, but I didn't own it until recently. And yeah, so we all have special editions. We all have special editions. Um, but yeah, I have gotten it recently, but I couldn't remember. It was a couple of years. Because you got me Genesis, too, which is one of the Yeah. <laughs> and you were surprised at both of those that I didn't know. You, you More realize, so by Genesis. Yeah. You realize that by that traditional argument that usually it's, I, I think the hierarchy of fan lists is usually well, Caves, Genesis, Talons. <laughs> which. Yeah, but uh, Terror of the Zygons is pretty high up there, too. So, I mean, three out of four is probably, <laughs> probably the better averages than two out of three. All right, I'm going or, to... Or, or one out of three, I guess. So that, that that's the show topic for next week, is going to be Caves of Adrazani, and we'll let you know what Keith th- and what I thought, and Glenn will say that we're wrong. And, uh, <laughs> uh, the following week, we follow it up for Friday Night Who with Glenn's favorite episode of all time Who, and one that's usually not on anybody's top You've ten list. You've seen it? I've seen it. Okay. Well, actually, I don't know that I've actually seen... I think I've seen pieces of it, but I read the novelization. That okay. was another one that I had read. Uh, sure and I had to read it three or four times because I wasn't sure that I got it. <laughs> See, but, there you go. Then you, <laughs> yeah. Watch Keith's going to come back and go, oh, this is the greatest story ever. <laughs> it's the next Ghost Light. <laughs> ghost Light? Keith's really like I'll story. tell you, I'm going to give Ghost Light another chance, especially after I read. No, well, yes, I may, but especially after I read the novelization. Because I was so impressed with Mark Platt's uh, no, no, writing no, of Downtime, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Twin Dilemma is the following week for Friday Night Who, and then uh, our, our show, uh, number 180, it's an anniversary. Uh, we'll be doing uh, <laughs> all anniversaries. The Twin Dilemma and Something Borrowed, which is the sixth ebook. And I do have some schedule in progress now that we've got the August date, and I will get it posted very, very quickly on the website for all of you. All right. Is there anything else anybody wants to add to this week's show? You, you remember that scene where that Dalek exploded? 
<laughs> if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. I'm Mel. <laughs> Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Bye, guys. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.